podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone and welcome along to our first post-match immediate reaction for probably about a month now um, as Rangers got back to, to um, Premiership action and back to winning ways as well as we defeated, um, I'm going to say Kilmarnock, as we defeated Hibs 3-2 at Ibrox in what was a quite eventful game. Um, I'm joined by Reese Cochran. How are you doing, Reese? All good, Craig. Glad to see Bilbao's back and glad to put Hibs back in their place. I wasn't sure it was it was back in the first half, but we'll get into we'll get into that one. And we're joined by Shug as well. How are you doing, Shug? We're maybe joined by Shug. I don't think we're joined by Shug. Shug's gone absolutely silent on us. So we will um see if we can add him in in a little bit. Um but Reese, um it was Michael Beale's first competitive game in charge. Um probably didn't get off to the start. We thought it. We thought it would or hoped it would. Um, but I just want to touch on the starting lineup first three, I guess. I think we'd all heard Michael Beale's press conference um previously earlier in the week, and that had the in there he's spoken about Goldson coming back into training and Ben Davies as well coming back into training, and that gave us a little bit of hope, I guess, about them um potentially as at least one of them starting. I think on the the um, the match preview last night. I'd, I was hoping definitely that Goldson would be able to get sort of forty-five minutes out of him just to just to help us in that backline because we saw how how much we struggled with uh, James Sands and Leon King there um, pre the World Cup break. Um, so I was um, I saw um, James Sands and John Lundstrom as our centre half pairing. It, it, it did um, strike fear into my heart a little bit, <laughs> um, but I think that was probably the biggest. Um, shock of the starting lineup potentially um, Fashion Sakala as well, but we always knew he was an option coming off the right. What was your what was your reaction to that starting lineup? So middle to front, I, I really didn't have any problems with it. I think the midfield three was it was all right. Um, no no complaints really. The front three, the only surprise I thought going forward was Cholak, who we found out later on had a calf problem. He picked up in training yesterday and. Seems to be as as soon as the sun comes up in the morning, there's another Rangers player injured. But uh, I that the back four did did scare me. Um, Divine at left back, you just think if they had a fit Martin Boyle, and obviously it's all our spots and maybes. But um, I'm just glad that we've came out the other side of it, and hopefully it can't get any worse for here. It will just be people coming back in now rather than more getting out with injury. But um, I, I was kind of disappointed not to see Golton, but I think in reflection that it only highlights how intelligent maybe Michael Beale is and how long-term picture he is and seeing it, because he, when he gets these players back, he wants them back for good. He doesn't want them back against Hibs, coming off at half-time and then extending their injury with three weeks for Tottenham's sake. And I think the Knights team re- selection reflected that and the fact that he didn't bring Goldson on at all. Go- I don't think Goldson was on the bench, was he? But um, oh, when Ben Davies came on, and I thought this was important to note as well, when Ben Davies came on, he played Scott Wright on the left-hand side in front of him. And Scott Wright was a good 15 yards deeper than Ryan Kent on the other side. So he was prepared to cover Ben Davies and do every bit he's running for him, I thought. So I thought that was quite... It was good management from him and hopefully an indication of what's to come. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we get stuck into the game itself, I want to touch on our um, our intro, which is getting more and more people talking about it um, every time we go live. TRM saying best intro to a pod out there. Um, Caroline saying uh, that intro gets me every single time. I think it's it's the memories Reese, isn't it? It brings it brings especially that um, those last couple, especially the Lundstrom one. Uh, for me, just it's, uh, it's some special memories in there and we will be looking to update it every now and again with some fresh ideas. So if you ever do have some fresh ideas, 
pop them in the chat or, or messages on um, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter and maybe your suggestion will make the, the updated version when that goes live. Uh, Rhys, we started the game, I think my initial reaction to the, the team lineup was, oh, that looks like a quite a small team to play against, a quite what is, what is generally a physical Hibs team that we come up against. Um, interestingly, Hibs started with Ryan Portes at central midfield, which I did not see coming at any point, and um, it took quite a few of quite a few of the people sitting around me as well by surprise. Aye, I thought that, and at first it kind of made me think, "What? Well, so are they playing a back five? Is that what this is?" And then you just see that he never actually dropped back to centre back, and I was like, "All right, okay." But it seemed that we had centre mids at centre back, and they had a centre back at centre mid. You'd have thought maybe Johnson and Bill would be like, right, we'll loan you a centre mid for a centre back or something. And but uh, nah, it's just wishful thinking. But aye, I, I th- that's a great point to highlight that you thought it was a small team because evidently in the eighth minute it showed. It absolutely did. And as soon as the corner was given away, um, I turned to the guy next to me and I was like, well, we kind of know what's going to happen here. And sure enough. I think it was John Lundstrom that was supposed to be marking um, Ryan Portis um, tonight at corners, going by the the ones that followed, and um, he just seems to have lost his man completely. It was a decent ball into the box, but nothing nothing spectacular. Ryan Portis is standing himself five six yards out from goal and um, makes no mistake and puts it in the puts it in the top corner. And we're one 0 down. Um, Straight in, straight into the game. Not the start we would have wanted for for Michael Beale, um, and it's probably typical given the rumours over the past week or so that Ryan Portis is the one that sticks it in the back of the net as well. It's a really disappointing goal to lose, Reese, wasn't it? Aye, it's, corners are like penalties against us. I think like <laughs> they've got about the same likelihood of ending up in the back of the net. Um, but it, it was poor to concede. It's one of them that it's a prime example of being disappointed but not surprised. Yeah, I think I think that's that's the case. The good thing is that we were left with um with quite a bit of time um to come back into it. And to be honest, it didn't take as long. I thought throughout the first half, I thought we looked really positive going forward. We were trying um you could see what we were trying to do. We had a clear plan as to how we were trying to build the play and move forward. It was interesting seeing the positions Ryan Kent picked up um throughout the first half and he was coming much more inside, although Potentially that that isolated Adam Devine a little bit when he was trying to go forward and didn't give him that that person in front of him that he could that he could bounce the ball off or or use as a as an out ball as such. Um, so I think there was some positives about that and potentially some some negatives from that. But ultimately, you can see how we're trying to play. Tillman was breaking the lines well, um, and we I think we saw the benefits of it um, almost immediately and, and when Fashion Sakala finds the back of the net and what what was a really well-worked goal, I think, as it, we worked our way along the edge of the box and Fashion Sakala finished it um, finished it well. Yeah, definitely. It's one thing you can, well, there's a few things actually you can not with Sakala. You're guaranteed work great with him. He, he runs and runs and runs. He, his work great is incredible for all he may be kind of deficient in technical ability and perhaps football and expertise, I would say. Um, he, he more than makes up for in physicality and just pressing the back line, not giving you a minute. He'll do the hard yards Morelos doesn't want to do in terms of starting a press. And probably my favourite thing about him is he shoots. I think Michael Beale said something during the week about he wants to get two strikers on the pitch. And a lot of people maybe misconceived that as he want, he's going to play Cholak and Morelos. For me, that was never even a thing. If anybody, it's going to be rough. But Zakala, yeah. I think Bill will also class as a striker. And Kent maybe is a wide 10. Maybe one of the things we've seen years ago under Gerard. But I thought Divine first half, he lacked that belief about going beyond Kent. He, lacked, he almost was like too ingrained in Geo's ways of you don't pass the winger, we don't overlap, you support him, but you stay behind. But I think the positions Kent took up and what we've seen from Divine second half and the positions he was getting into and going beyond and believing, right, I can go, it, it, it stands well for a prime Borna Barisic to come back for this World Cup and do well. 
Yeah, I was actually thinking the other way and thinking that uh, when Yilmaz is back fit, he'll be bombing up and down that line um, and him and Ken right. would actually have, have real potential of a, a really positive partnership. Um, but just on Adam Devine, I thought he struggled first half. I thought he was quite tentative, if I can say that word properly. Um, I thought he was quite hesitant um, when he was on the ball and almost you could see him receive the ball and then you could see the cogs working in his head as to where he wanted to pass it. Um, so it just wasn't quite flowing as quickly as you would want it to flow. I think he really struggled um, with the, the physicality in the air as well in the first half. I think Hibbs won pretty much every header against him um, that, that he was up against. And that, when we're already shaky at the back after after the first goal and we're about to come on to the, the second goal that, that we conceded, I think that put us under additional pressure that we potentially, or, or I guess, definitely wasn't welcome at that stage. Um, but I thought the I thought the goal we scored, uh, the Fashikawa goal, was really good. Really interesting seeing him play alongside Morelos. I don't think we've seen that a great deal of, of times. I think it was it would have been interesting had Cholak been fit to start. I know, I think I saw Michael Beale say afterwards that Cholak had picked up a thigh knock in training yesterday. Um, hopefully that's just a a, a, a small knock and nothing major and then Leon King I believe uh, Reese had a sickness bug is that, is that yeah. correct? Yeah, yeah I believe Cholak had a calf problem though. I don't think it was his thigh I think it was his calf yeah yeah King was sickness yeah um, so it was interesting that, that Michael Beale's hand was forced that way and actually from what I saw in, of the Leverkusen friend mm-hmm. the weekend, we actually played better with Alfredo Morelos up front in that system than we did um than we did with uh, Antonio Cholak. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that develops over the coming um, weeks and games. Um, we'll come back to Alfredo Morelos recently a bit because I think he he looked like a completely different Alfredo Morelos already. Um, mm-hmm. And he looked like a much happier Alfredo Morelos. So we'll, we'll, come, yeah. back to, we'll come back to that one. Um, but I guess there's only one place to go after our goal and it's straight to Motherwell's second goal. Oh. In the state. Actually, but it was Hibs we were playing tonight. It was Hibs we were playing tonight. We're going through the league. Um, so, um, so go, go on to Hibs' second goal. I think it, in the stadium, it looked like horrendous positioning from the centre-halves. Um, having listened to the radio on the way back, I think potentially Malik Tillman gets a touch on it, which kind of wrong foots yeah. everyone. Um, but in the stadium, we couldn't believe what we were, what we were watching. And it literally looked like... Um, Sands had been pulled across. John Winstrom hadn't come across with him. Big gap for in the, in the middle for Nisbet to run through, and he wasn't even running that fast. And it looked like um, John Winstrom had been done for pace. Um, I don't think we can take much away from the finish because it was a it was a great finish um, off the bar and in from just inside the box. But it was um, it was, a, it was a, a disappointing and a real uh, punch in the gut having just got back on level terms. Jerome Austin McCraig and just for the, the sake of transparency for the viewers as well. I never actually seen it live. Um I was too busy engaging with the away support at one point. Um after the I find it funny that Hibs have now lost seven of their last eight, but they cheered themselves up by singing about the royal family, but that's another matter. Um I engaging with them, missed the goal totally. Still actually looking at the Hibs fans by the time they bounced back up after scoring. But I have seen it back. So it was it was a hopeful ball down the line. It's aiming purely for Tavernier. Between Tavernier and Sands, they're trying to play into the half space. Tillman sticks his leg up, probably higher than my head. Almost overhead kicks it in a totally different direction. Catches Sands off guard, guard altogether. Now the ball's... 15, 20 yards away from Lundstrom. It totally changes direction of the ball. It's a perfect deflection when you see it back. It plays in Nisbet and he puts it away. I don't think anybody expected it, but I think that was indicative of we've got two centre mids playing at centre half and I thought the, the high line looked risky that entire first half. We looked like we were playing two centre mids at centre back. They didn't know how to be on the half turn going backwards. It seemed we were facing Hibs and any balls in behind were catching it out because we weren't turning quick enough to cover. It was almost as if they expected somebody there. And I was actually saying at half time, we've got a 40 year old playing sweeper keeper here. Um, but aye, it, it does take an absolutely 
ludicrous deflection that just tees them up perfectly. But aye, poor goals to concede. But the second one, I don't think you've got much chance of conceding far too often, especially when you've got centre half back. Yeah, you get Curry Muncher here saying um, two horrendous defensive goals, and I think that was definitely the feeling in the stadium around me, and it was my personal feeling as well. Um, from that perspective of a free header in the box and then what looked like a simple straightforward ball through the middle of the two centre halves and it's 2-1 um, to Hibs and I think from that point onwards Hibs looked dangerous every time they were going forward we were struggling We were, you could see the patterns of play we were trying to build up um, you could see what we were trying to do and actually I was quite pleased and, and impressed with what we were trying to do and I could see I could see how it would work and I could see the positives from it. It was just what happened when we lost the ball because there were a few times where we tried a riskier pass than, the, than we would have played under Geo and there was quite a lot of times um, when we would play those those riskier passes rather than the safe passes and ultimately that's what we all wanted from, from the Rangers team was to be more ambitious, to be more positive, to take those risks and to ultimately create more chances and, and score more goals and I think we saw the other side of it tonight with it with our makeshift defence, I'll call it, um, and it, it it did look like Hibs were really dangerous on the break, and we were going to have to score. Um, at that stage, we were going to have to score three to win anyway, but it looked like we were potentially going to have to score more than that to, to walk away with the three points. Um, there were a couple more chances in the in the first half for Hibs. Al McGregor made a couple of great saves, um, particularly one that. Um, I can't remember who it was that ran through towards the end of the half, but he was uh, he fired the straight Alan McGregor's legs, yeah, and he, he, he kept it out. Um, and then the only other chance I can recall uh, recall for ourselves was Alfredo Morelos right in the stroke of half time. I think pretty much um, he played through, ran through, and goal. I think his shot was going in actually. To be fair, but the defender gets back and manages to turn it behind for a corner. Um, but I think that was the. That was the extent of our threat um, mm. uh, towards the Hibs goal at that stage. Hibs were Hibs were slowing the game down. They were time wasting. They were every trick in the book was was go- ongoing. Nick Walsh wasn't didn't seem to be doing much to try and speed them up either. Yes, I, I thought he did. Can I? As much as he didn't produce a card from it, he did try and stamp it out pretty early. I think with the throw-ins, he was saying like, "No, if you're going over and holding it, you're you're taking it." None of the kind of like, oh, no, nah, I'll drop it and wait for somebody else to take it. That's all right. And with Marshall, I think he stamped it out quite quick. I thought Hibs were definitely trying it, but I think he did deal with it quite quickly without producing a card. Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably fair, but it was a frustrating first half. I think we definitely looked like a team who hadn't played competitive football in five weeks. We looked like a team who... We're trying to learn a new system and get getting used to a new way of playing, and we looked like a team that was missing four first choice, four first team centre halves. Um, so I think that's probably the best summary of of that first half. I think around me anyway, there was there were definitely some boos at half time, which when you when you're like, well, we're it's our first game for five weeks, and we've just our new managers had forty five minutes, and people are booing already. I mean, you've got to give them a little bit of a chance. Um, I don't know if it was the same around juries. I was one of them. You were one of them? Aye, I would. A hundred percent, I would. Um, it, it wasn't good enough. The, the players weren't playing good enough. Um, the booze weren't directed to the manager because, to be totally honest with you, 90% of what happens when the whistle goes, he can't affect anyway. I feel like the booze at half-time, full-time, nine out of ten times will be directed to the players performing on the park rather than the manager. Um, first half, we really weren't good enough. I was saying... I would have hooked Tillman at half time as wrong as he proved me second half. I had Divine marked as never a Rangers player at half time. Um I there was just Ryan Jack would have been as well not being there first half. Second half did raise his game quite a bit. Um I first half was poor. I did boo because I thought, Do you know what, that's not a Rangers performance. These players are better than that. And second half they proved it. Yeah, Teddy Bears is a green with you there's comment. We weren't booing Beal, we were booing the players, which um which I think is is fair enough in some senses, but I think as well there's still four or five minutes to go and obviously um 
you're expecting a second half reaction. And I think that's exactly what we got. Um, just before we move on to the second half, piece, I wanted to touch a wee bit on the Union Bears and their displays tonight. Um, yeah. I think they were celebrating 15 years um, of the Union Bears, and I thought um, I thought the display before kickoff was tremendous with the with the huge banner. I thought the um, the flares at the point of kickoff was was great. It was a great touch, and just, uh, I really enjoy. I'm like a, like a kid. I like I really enjoy. Fireworks and flares and all that sort of stuff. Aye. Aye. <laughs> so um, I, I enjoyed that bit. I'm sure we'll get into a wee bit of trouble for for that. And then um, and then obviously mm. the 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 display at halftime as well was was great to see. And it's um, a lot of organisation and money and time and effort obviously goes into making these displays, and they probably deserve more credit than they than they currently receive. Aye, as somebody who was. Desperate to get involved with the group as a teenager, kind of grown up. And to be honest with you, I still would to this day, um, time and effort and money providing. But uh, I feel like they do do so much for what they're giving credit for. There's a lot of people who are quick to moan about them, quick to criticise and stuff, but the atmosphere would be dead without them. Like, let's be honest, it would be just be old guys moaning if we didn't win 5 0 every game. But, uh, the displays were incredible. 15 years is great for them. And they're a self-funded group. They don't get any money for anywhere else. It's purely donations and out of the guy's own pocket. So fair play to them. Um, big supporter, always have been. I would love to see them move to the corner and the fans putting BF1, uh, the away fans rather, putting BF1 because I think that would amplify the atmosphere they create. Or worse, uh, second option would be BF3 but then again you've got displacing people who are already there and stuff and I don't know I'm just glad it's not my decision to make but I do think the guys deserve a much bigger platform than what they get because they are a credit to the club as much as some people might know like the flares and stuff like that like come on it, it, it does make some atmosphere and I if we do get a fine for it or whatever it is I would like to think the group will pay it themselves. If no, maybe the club will, because it's creating such a good atmosphere. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but um, either I credit to the club. Yeah, I don't see them moving to the corner, to be honest. I think there's a lot of policing and stuff like that that um, goes into the fact that the, the ease of access and all that sort of stuff. But I definitely yeah. I know they're campaigning to move to BF3, and um, yeah. although I'm not sure they'd have the best view Behind, right directly behind the goal, um, but I think it'd be great for the atmosphere in terms of being in the middle of the stand. And I think it seems that, to be yeah. where most ultras are located. To be totally honest, is behind the goal. And I've seen a lot of people criticise like across the road for being in the corner. Like I've seen a few people saying how they've been stuck in the corner or whatever, as if that's a ridiculing point for them. So, I as long as it's a stick to beat them, we all laugh at them. But. Uh, I, I, I do honestly believe that's why Brimling Collective was founded. I think that's a political mask, I suppose, for the Union Bears um, to try and unite everybody in the Brimling so that it does become a full stand atmosphere yeah. and so that when they perhaps move along that it's not as much of an outsider's moving into your territory in BF3 sort of thing. I don't know, but we'll wait and see. Yeah, but um, full credit to the, the Union Bears for their display tonight and their efforts. Um, very impressive and very well received as well by a lot, by a lot, as we say, a lot by all other Rangers fans. And the stadium um, was a bit fearful they would gone to all that effort to then see us lose to Hibs, um, which would have, um, I imagine, not been the the finest way for them to celebrate yeah. 15 years. Um, thankfully, the Rangers, a different Rangers, turned up in the second half and you could tell they'd been given a bit of a rocket from Michael Beale straight straight away. Um almost we were on the front foot. We were more confident on the ball. We were um we were pressing hips higher as well. We were working better as a as a team in that press. Um and we created two or three quick chances, Reese. I thought as soon as the second half started, I thought if we get a goal before 65, 70 minutes here, we're going to win this one. Yeah. Whole first half, as much as we kind of look porous at times, Hibs were easy to break through as well. We did, as we've discussed, a few chances in the first half, and I think Bill maybe just said to a few of them, look, you've not been in the game, come on, start believing in yourself, they're there for the taking here. 
as much as we might be weakened, they're nothing great. I think we've seen that second half. They are. It showed that they've lost seven of their last eight now, and it showed you why. Because as much as we maybe criticise people for parking the bus, see if they had played a five at the back with Portis at the back, they maybe would have been a lot more secure than what they were. And I think they contributed to their own downfall as much as anything else. But uh, i glad to see it happen personally. Um, the midfield was revitalised. I think Ryan Jack looked a different player second half. Tillman proved his worth and was at the top of his game. Um, I think his aerial ability was utilised massively. Um, We've we seen him as an outball quite a lot. We've seen Morelos dropping deep into almost like a false nine position. And the benefit, I think, of having Sakala in the front three is when Morelos drops deep, Sakala will make that diagonal run into where you would want a number nine to be. So that when Morelos drops deep, my centre-half comes with him. Got a big gap in the middle there. Sakala's running into that. And let's face it, he's beaten a left-back for pace nine out of ten times and behind. So if Morelos can knock it off to a midfielder, he plays it right into that space and behind Sakala's through and goal. So I, I I think that was brilliant and perhaps Beal just had to give him a bit of confidence that they maybe didn't have under Gio that we're the better team here, they're there for the taking, let's go and do it and we've done it. Yeah, if it was fascist Sakala, they had the first chance of the half. Um, Adam Devine instantly looking more confident and more forward thinking in the second half. Um, plays a, a couple of passes with Ryan Kent, finds himself down towards the byline. He floats across towards the back post and it lands right on Fashion Sakala's head for a, three yards out. I think the goalkeeper makes a, a great save. Yeah. Um, Sakala almost makes the rebound as well, but not quite. Um, but I think that was a sign of the, the intent that we had at that stage. Um, and it was really positive. Um, we got a couple of corners after that as we continued to push. And then it was, uh, I, I, I called it a Joe Aribo special um, corner. I think it's, it's the exact yeah. same corner that we um, that, that we saw time and time again. James Tavernier whipping the ball to the front post and knock on, this time from Malik Tillman, who we'll come on to in a second, I think does remind me quite a lot of Joe Aribo, actually in quite a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but Malik Tillman um, flicked it on and it was, it was Ryan Jack in the centre of the goal that was there to mm-hmm. to knock it home. And as soon as it went to each, you've, you felt the place lift. It was, a, it was a bit of a weird atmosphere tonight, I think. There was loads of people around me clapping, but everyone's wearing about four four pairs of gloves and you can't really hear any noise Aye. from it. Like that. So it, was, it seemed a bit quiet at times when you normally hear applause and stuff like that. So, um, But yeah, I think it was a great um, great knockdown from Malik Tillman, um, Ryan Jack there to finish it off two each and it was very much game on at that point yeah because I think we all knew listen they're no great they're there for the taking we all knew they were just kind of if we could turn it on then we would beat them and we're getting an early goal you just as you say you always felt we could go on and win it Um, it was an Aribo special I thought massively why we've been so poor at set pieces this year is because of Aribo's aerial ability. He was always the one at the front post, clearing headers defensively. He was always the near post flick on for attacking corners and stuff. So Tillman's aerial ability, I feel, has been utilised in that way. If he can replace Aribo in that regard, I don't think he's anywhere near the player at the minute. Um, but if he can in that way, then we'll be on to a winner. And it did seem like a very well-worked goal. Yeah, just touching on the sort of Malik Tillman, Joe Ebo comparisons, I think Malik Tillman, having just arrived at the club four months ago or so, he reminds, he reminds me of when Joe Ebo first arrived at the club. You can tell he's got so much potential. He's um, he's insanely good with the ball at his feet. Um, he can he can skin about four four players with one with one move of his foot. Um, I think I don't think his ability is in doubt. I think what's called into question is sometimes his work rate because he, people don't see him um, tracking back as much or they maybe see him jogging instead of sprinting at times. And But I think that's improving. You can see that improving almost game by game um, at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think he's also struggling with when he needs to slow the play down and when he needs to speed the play up. I don't think he's quite got... He's quite nailed that yet. I think sometimes when we want him to play it quickly, he's taking too long on the ball. And sometimes when he... It, when he wanted to slow it down, he's trying to rush everything, I think. But there was a period yeah. of time, a few games where we saw him 
every corner he wanted to take quick and short, um, which wasn't necessarily what what the rest of the team wanted. I don't know whether that was the rest of the team weren't awake to it or whatever, but you could tell that he, that he was trying to move it quickly. So I think he is still trying to find um, still trying to find his feet a bit, but I think he's you can see him progressing, and I think very much he'll he'll progress similarly uh, and in a similar fashion to what we saw Joe Aribo progressing. Joe, he's either going to be Joe Aribo or Ove Jaria for me. He's either going to be Aribo or Zalalem, like as in because he's one of the players you can't tell if he's just no switched on or the other players in the team are only on his wavelength. Like they're not thinking as sharply as him, which I think was Zalalem's case quite a few times. But what frustrated me, and I seen it quite a lot first half. I will have to admit, I'd, I'm not so convinced that it is improving yet. Is his temperament so like if he's dribbling with the ball and maybe somebody's pulling his shirt or something, he just seems to chuck it for me. He just seems to like stop and look at the referee too easily, kind of like just oh, gee up and oh my, if you're not giving me a free kick, then whatever. He spits the dummy almost. Um, and it's just he seems to chuck it too easy for me, and that was a big thing for me at half time. I thought, you know what, how come if he's not gonna go for it, but. That's why you keep him on, and it's evidently why I'm no Rangers manager. Um, that he comes out second half and gives you a masterclass. He's a level above everybody else technically. I think his attitude and ability has to improve, but hopefully that's that's what he's going to get this season. It's his first full top top flight season, I believe, like out of the youth teams and B teams and stuff. So. Hopefully that's something that he picks up this year and he's able to kind of build that resilience and mental, I don't know, toughness, I suppose, going forward that he can just produce that technical ability without getting annoyed at the obvious fouls that people are going to need to do to try and stop him. Yeah, Reese, you're getting some stick here for your for your points of reference. I think everyone needs to realise that Reese is only 21, 22. I can't quite remember what. Right. 22, but um, <laughs> I, Aribo, like, I mean, he's technically as good as Aribo, but I remember watching Gideon Zalalem on an award bottom team going, nobody's in his level here. He's too quick for everybody here, like, mentally. But then he was poor altogether. Like, he just never lived up to the hype. So I think that that's the two ways Tillman could go. He could either be at a big club and never reach the heights that they hoped, or he could be a Jory Bold development player where you go, we pay, like the fee we got him for is nothing compared to what he's worth. So he will be one of the two for me. That's fair. I, I, I won't um, use a Jarry as a, as a comparison. Don't worry, I've got um, many more years than that under my, under my belt watching Rangers. One of the uh, points uh, Paul McGarrigal brought up, and there's another one here from Mark Robertson, um, in terms of talking about signing Tillman and should we sign him or should we not? Um, I think the, it seemed the, the, the scale seems to go back and forward in terms of the Rangers support as to whether we should or not sign him. I think... Now that people are starting to see what he could potentially do in a Bill team, um, that they're moving again towards paying the money and signing him. It's um I think personally we will end up signing Malik Tillman on a on a permanent mm-hmm. basis um at the end of the season. What what are your thoughts at this stage of the season, Reese? I don't really see a rush to decide. I think we've been burned a few times with loan players that we've all jumped into signing straight away and they've kinda of petered out towards the end of the season. So he definitely has great potential, but whether he lives up to it or not, we'll just I would give it a lot more time to consider. Yeah, I think I, I think that's fair as well. I think there's um, there's times when you would players have great six months and then they, they tail off or anything like that. So absolutely maximise the length of time you can to make a decision and and take it from there. But I think it's really positive signs from Mark Tillman, and he was instrumental in. The third goal that we scored not long after we scored the second one. Um, James Tavernier gets the ball out wide right, um, plays a nice ball down the line. Um, Malik Tillman running onto it and instantly is heading towards goal. It looks like he's going to have to take a quick shot um, with defenders closing in on him, but he's, uh, his quick feet somehow managed, manages to take the defender completely out of play before he has the awareness to 
to square it and weigh it back um, to Alfredo Morelos, who has the easiest of tap-ins. Um, it was a, a fantastic piece of skill from Malik Tillman, and um, he absolutely made that goal and weighed it on a plate for Morelos, didn't he? Oh, that third goal, man. It was it, it was incredible. That's Bilbao. That third goal is Bilbao, and it's prime. But uh, I think some of the patterns I play tonight were just incredible, and I know that's a bit jargony to say, but... We played great football at times, and you, know, you you must say like going forward we look brilliant at times. Defensively, not so much, but oh, that third goal was Bilbao, man. That was incredible. That's why I, I don't even know how to describe it apart from just saying that's Bilbao right there. Uh, our, our fellow pod host Ross Chalmers will be delighted that you're that you're saying that, and uh, you might have your P forty five in the in the post if Toby's watching as well. So. Um, Curry one there saying, saying Bilbo Craig get him sacked now. Um so uh, definitely not a fan. Um but I think I think absolutely it was a it was a sign of the real positive um view that, that Michael Beal wants his players to take. Um try and be forward thinking as much as possible, don't always take the easy ball and giving them the 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 freedom, I guess. Um to show off their skill and show off their talent and to take responsibility on the pitch. And I think that's partly what we were crying out for in the, in the last few months of Gio's reign in terms of people were just shirking responsibility. Um, and But they definitely weren't doing that tonight. Um, Bilbo is not a popular choice. Um, here in the comments, um, Malin Brando's eyes saying it's, uh, it's absolutely humming. Um, Mark Robertson's basically saying, oh no, that's going to stick now. Um, I, Mark knows. It's absolutely going to stick, uh, and we just kind of have to put up with it, unfortunately. Um, so, Reese, I want to touch on Alfredo Morelos. Uh, obviously, he scored the third goal, um, celebrated in his customary nice slide fashion. Um, he looked absolutely looked rejuvenated tonight. He looked a lot fitter than he has done previously. Um, he looked more willing to to run and put in the effort for the team. He looked like he understood. What his role on the in the team was tonight, and he looked like mm-hmm. he was very much wanting to be a team player. And um, his passing, even his passing, was much more accurate than we're used to from Alfredo Morelos. And I thought he had a he thought he had a great game tonight, working for the team, and um, very much looking forward to a, a, an Alfredo Morelos who's back on form if we can get him that way. Yeah, you know, I'm all for him. Um focusing on where we are at the minute, you know, as I say with Tillman, like don't think too much long term and stuff, but um with Morelos, I find it hard to back him at the minute. Seeing Tilly signs the deal, like as, as soon as he scored, like I was just about finished celebrating and I was like, right now sign it. Like, sign the contract, man. Like just do it. Come out. I don't care if we sell him like six months after it. Just don't lose him in a free. And don't be that as hypocritical as it might be, don't be that selfish to just leave us for free. Don't give the club nothing after we've persevered with you for so long. But uh, i glad to see him get his goal tonight. Hopefully he's a lot more settled and comfortable in with the, man- the new manager and more likely to sign the deal. Ryan Kent, I don't see happening, but same time, it's, it's a hard one to back, but... Okay, I'll come back to that in a second, because I'm actually the opposite of you of you and that I can see Ryan Kent signing a contract and Alfredo Morelos not, but um, Curry Muncher here saying uh, he thought Morelos still looked a bit slow, a lot better second half, but first half he was missing. Um, Paul, what were your thoughts on that on that comment? No, I think, I think Morelos was good tonight. I think he, he looked like he was involved in link-up play quite a lot. Um, to use another example, I think he looked like a B-Tech Harry Kane tonight. See the way Kane just drops deep and links up for England and stuff? I think that was the way he looked. He looked like he was linking midfield to attack and allowing attacking wingers to run in behind and build up play to be revolved around them. I thought he looked good tonight. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not signing up to the B-Tech Harry Kane description. Um, right. I'm not signing up to that, but um, that's fine. Right, back onto the contract discussion they were having there about Alfredo Morelos. Um RFC 56 saying, I have no idea if these numbers are correct in terms of Alfredo Morelos' wages, but Alfredo Morelos on 33k a week. Uh, he's only managed to score more than 14 SPL goals uh, once. Um, wake up. Um, I 
if, if that is correct is in terms of the money Alfredo Morelos is on, I can't see us going much higher. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure we could, I'm not sure what he's shown, especially recently. We always talk about players when their contracts are running out, they always, they always improve their form and they always start playing better. I'm no. not sure we've seen that from Alfredo Morelos. Um, and I'm not sure he's deserving of any, or he can point to anything in the past six months or so, or the past year even that, that shows that he's deserving of, um, he's deserving of that additional wage bump to what would be a, I imagine the max that Rangers would pay any player, if not above what Rangers are paying any player um, currently. I don't personally, I think Alfredo Morelos could potentially sign, um, but I think he's still got a lot more to prove before before he does that. I would also question mm. what market there is for Alfredo Morelos, should he leave us and what level of club would be interested in him. That's why I think he's more likely to sign than Kent. I can definitely see Kent going English Championship top end, maybe. Bottom, bottom end of England, it's his home country. He's more likely to move back down there, um, closer to family, closer to home and his pals and stuff. I think there's a more of a market for Ryan Kent. He's got more of an incentive to leave, in my eyes. But uh, Morelos, you just think, where's he going? Like Somebody like Leon, maybe, considering they'll be losing Mr Dembele at the end of the season, something like that. But even then, would they take him? After the last six months to a year, I'm not convinced. Um, I think we might actually end up being one of Morelos's only limited options. I have seen 33k reported elsewhere as well that RFC has picked up on. So how true is I don't know, but I I wouldn't have gone much higher than that either. In fairness, but don't know. Wait and see. Yeah, I think um, like I said, I think Ryan Kent is much more likely to sign a new deal. Especially he was another player that looked revitalised. Tonight, I think he looked, he looked like a completely different player to what we've seen in the past six months or so. And um, it's amazing how many players looked like they'd had a weight lifted off their shoulders, which I guess suggests there has been stuff going on in the background and the squad hasn't necessarily been the happiest um, happiest that it's been and that, that it needs to be um, to perform at the, at the top level. But I thought he was, I thought Ryan Kent was tremendous today and I thought. Actually, I know Adam Devine got man of the match in the um, at Ibrooks, which seemed a bit which was, that was a strange one, one up. A sympathy ball was one of those ones where, <laughs> where um, everyone looks at each other in the stands. Um, but I thought Ryan Kent was definitely up there for for man of the match contenders, and um, and yeah, I think it was very much um, very much a positive performance from him that I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing more of. Um, just one last point on the, the contract side of things um, Mark Robertson saying both of them will sign new extensions and Morelos was sharper but he can't completely change from the last few months over a two week spell so fact he, so the fact he's good uh, he's had a good all round performance is on the right road, I'd have to agree with that I don't think I could disagree with any of that um, Reese, at this stage there were still 25 minutes of the game left I still had in my head the struggles that Hibs had given us in the first half um, whenever they went forward I started to get the feeling over the five, ten minutes that followed that Hibs had kind of shot their shot their shot as such. Um and that they didn't really have much more left to give. Um but I was still wary, obviously, with the, the central defensive partnership that we that we had, that you you're never quite certain. By this stage, Stephen Davis was on the park and I thought he helped us look more solid in, in that area. Um mm-hmm. he's not particularly well for us when he's been on the pitch in recent games but I thought he, he did his job well. I thought Glenn Kamara had a great game. Yeah. Um first time in ages that I've seen Glenn Kamara take control of a midfield and, and dominate it. And I thought he was particularly good, especially in the second half. If only he would learn to take a shot from the edge of the box. Um and will never stop frustrating me that the Glenn Kamara does not shoot even if he's 18 yards out. Um we we saw what he could do against the Leipzig. I don't know how he's not shooting. Yeah. He's not shooting after he scored that goal. But um, but yeah, I think I thought Ben Kamara had a really good game as well. Um, but I, at that stage, I, I was I was a wee bit concerned, and I wanted us to keep pushing for the fourth goal. But at the same time, I wasn't overly worried that Hibs would be able to fashion a good enough chance that they would be able to score. What was your feelings, kind of, in those last twenty minutes or so? So it was just nerves, like we were chasing the fourth and I think, as you say, Stephen Davis helped our 
game management quite a lot, but the more we kept missing chances for that fourth, and it didn't quite happen, you just kept thinking, I've seen this before, they're going to get an equaliser, last minute sucker punch or something, but I think Bill managed it quite well. Um, it was quite telling that both sides made a treble change in the 85th minute, and when they brought on Melkerson, I don't know what it is. I think it's Norwegians with headbands. Haaland has scared me beyond belief now. Norwegians with headbands. I just think they're going to be a class player. So I, w- I was a bit scared of that. But um, especially when we had to bring on Davies because Devine got hurt as well. Devine looked hurt towards the end. Um, brought on Davies. I don't think Bill wanted to. But the fact that he brought on Scott Wright to do his running for him and been so much deeper than Ryan Kent, so that he was basically playing his left wing back um, and basically shielding Davies for the time being. It was good game management, but I am just glad they never got that sucker punch because you could have seen it coming, especially after Easter Road earlier in the season. Yeah, I think when the when the fourth official held up five minutes of added on time, I was a wee bit, wee bit nervous, but the team seemed... Instantly back to how Steven Gerrard's team would manage a five-minute added time with a one-goal lead Aye. into the corner, get throw-in after throw-in, get a corner, get another throw-in, um, get a free kick, just put the ball away. It was it was a really well-managed um, final five minutes actually, and it was um, it was refreshing to see that after the the debacles we've seen as, as stages over the last year or so. Um, so I think obviously. We're almost fifty minutes into to this um, post match reaction. Um, plenty of comments still coming in. What's your overall um, feeling after Michael Beale's first competitive game in charge? And how are you? How are you feeling about the team? How are you feeling about the um, the way we played tonight? And how are you feeling about the game overall? Optimistic, mate. Optimistic. Um, I think midfield to attack. We were good. We were good second half. Midfield's a bit poor first half, but second half we looked great. Um, first half the attack was good. For the whole 90, the defence never looked good. The defence didn't look good first or second half, but I think we can only get stronger. I think we're only going to get players back now, hopefully. Um, and hopefully that defence just solidifies as the season goes on and we'll take it one game at a time, beat the next team in front of you, see where it takes us. I think the league's gone personally, but do you know what? Just keep winning games, just keep improving, and we'll see where it takes us. I'm optimistic, man. Bilbo, let's go. I am. Um, I'm in the same boat as you. I think the winning the league is is a is a really really tough ask. I think it's probably too too tough a, a mountain to climb at this stage, um, but we need to keep pushing them and keep putting the pressure on. And um, you never know what what could happen, especially. Um, if we have more players back by the second of January, and we manage to, we manage to get the three points out of there. You, you're, you're six points over a four-month hectic period of games. You never, you never quite know. Um, but I think it's um, like you. I'm optimistic after tonight. That first half display, I was not optimistic in the slightest. Um, but the second half display has definitely got me on board, as well as getting the three points as well. Um, our next game is Aberdeen away next Tuesday, so we've got a wee bit of time. Hopefully that will see Connor Goldson um, come back into the fold and um, Ben Davies as well, hopefully, um, will be a central defensive pairing. If not both, hopefully at least one of them is is there for the trip to Pataudry next Tuesday. But just before I round off um, with the details of the upcoming shows, um, give me your man of the match for the game today. I imagine it's not Adam Devine. Uh, no, nah, it wasn't Adam Devine. Um, I'll go pretty randomly, to be honest. Fashion Sakala. He got a goal, worked his socks off, done the hard yards that we needed from him, and I just kind of remained humble throughout. And what's probably been quite a hard week for him if they seen the papers. Yeah, I wasn't going to touch on the, the rumours that have been surrounding Fashion Sakala this week. Um, but surprising that you gave my man of the match performance for what was... 55 minutes, potentially 60 minutes of a... <laughs> maybe, I'll, I'll maybe go Morelos for the full 90. I think attack was the only place we looked decent in for the whole 90, to be fair. Midfield and defence, shaky. So probably go Morelos, but I thought Zicala definitely deserved credit. 
I think for me, man of the match was either Malik Tillman or um, Ryan Kent. I'm going to give it to Malik Tillman just because of his contribution to the to the third goal. But I think um, I think Ryan Kent deserves that that mention as well. Um, Curry Winter is asking what rumours. Um, can go look them up on Twitter. Curry Winter, if you want to All find right. out more about that. Um, and on that note, we will round off this post-match reaction to Rangers 3, Hibs 2. Um, it didn't look like it was going to be a happy return to action for Rangers for quite a long time tonight, but thankfully it was. And we were, we're here in a positive frame of mind as we head into the weekend. As I said, our next game is... Um, against Aberdeen away from home next Tuesday, which was the the, re- the rearranged game, I believe. Um, so it'll be a, a tough game, but hopefully another another step in the right direction towards the the Bilbao um, master plan, shall we say, Reese? Um, and hopefully another three points on the board as well. The team will be back on Sunday evening. Um, I believe Scott Patterson's making his long-awaited return. Um, to the to the podcast presenting chair and um, so he'll be back on sunday evening live at eight o'clock and the team will also be back to its regular scheduled programming um of um, midweek bulletins on monday wednesday and friday um as well as post-match reactions and our sunday evening pod as well so that's all starting back again from next monday and we're looking forward to be back in the in the thick of it um as rangers um have quite a hectic schedule, I think, over the next couple of weeks as we get into the traditional festive period and build up towards that second old firm game of the season, which will be which will be vital as well in terms of our hopes, if we have any, of um winning the league this year. So Reese, thanks very much for joining us. Hi, cheers guys, enjoyed it. Um glad to be back and glad to be back to winning ways and I especially seeing Morella scoring with a with that. Why that? It was it was good. It's all it's all coming back. I thought you were going to go full needs and you there across across. Yeah, like and subscribe down there. Yeah, absolutely. If you if you uh, thank you very much everyone for listening, please remember to like the video um, and um, sub- subscribe to the TII YouTube channel. Toggle on those notifications and you'll get a an email every single time we go live. But thanks very much, everyone, for listening. And until next time, goodbye.